0: Welcome to the media ministry of Crossroads Church Aspen. To learn more about Crossroads, visit our website at ccaspen.com. You might, you might have already this is a little bit different this morning format. It wasn't, it's only one worship song to start off. Thank you, Dan and Madeline, for being up here and joining us this morning and leading us. Um, as Dan said, Steve and Derek are out of town. Trinity's out of town as well, so you get the bottom of the barrel this morning. Uh, but, uh. Uh, Steve and Derek are, are actually in, in Oxford right now doing some ministry. Um, they'll be back next week, right? No, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Um, and you'll hear more about that, about that trip, about what Steve is, is doing. Um, I do want to just echo what Mady said to the Glombos family. Man, just amazing. Amazing um, honoring of Robin. Well done, you guys. I, I just, it's an incredible uh, life that Robin lived, and, and um, I know there's a lot of mourning, and um, we want to be, definitely be sensitive to that. Um, and I, I want to make sure, just leading out right away, that that um, we just, we just want to be available for ministry this morning, and not just this morning, but anytime, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to the church to Mady or to leadership or anyone else, we'd love to to pray with you, minister, um, encourage, strengthen, um, and just, uh, just let you know that we're here for you. So I know there may be some new faces this morning. Um, I want to just set the stage right away that this message this morning is not meant to be a um, take a or put out a a theological argument. It's not meant to be um, a strong theological stance. Um, I think one of the dangers uh, in the church today, and and has really hindered the church and actually weakened the church, is that sometimes we take really strong theological stances. And and don't hear hear me out. We should take a strong theological stance in line with Scriptures um, and and have conviction about what we believe the Scriptures say. But at the same time, we, we should be humble. We should have a humility um, in, in the scriptures. We should have a humility that none of us have arrived yet. None of us. Like I love Paul in, in Philippians 3. He said, hey, not that I've already reached perfection, but I strive on towards it. So this, it's, it's this great hunger that Paul had. It's this great uh, passion and desire that he had to finish the race well, to finish strong, and he knew, he was humble. He knew that he wasn't there yet. And I think, you know, for any of us, um, not just leadership, but but for the entire body, any believer, anybody who would call himself a saint, who's a follower of Christ, who has been born again, that, that we should have a humility. And um, if you're not there yet, if you haven't given your life to Christ, then th- th- there's, there's, there's a great reward that comes when you humble yourself before God. And, and God will, will speak to you in ways that you've maybe never heard before when you come and submit yourself to him. And so my desire this morning in this message is is, is to draw us into that, to draw us into this deeper relationship with God, a deeper hunger for his word, a deep, deeper hunger for him. Um am not sure if I've got these. Here we go. I'm using this word cling to it. Now we know God is not an it, um, but you uh, you 'll understand what that means here in just a minute through the scriptures. Um, this message is is about the perseverance of the saints. It might be a message you you haven 't heard very much um, and, and again, this is not a knock about any theological stance it 's not here to combat any theological position um, it 's to encourage it 's to to focus us on the word of God and and, and this message this morning is going to be more thematic, meaning, you know, I want us to to look at it in terms of, I'm not going to go into deep teaching on each of these scriptures. I'm going to give a lot of scripture this morning. Um, and then I'm going to land on Luke 8 uh, with the parable of the sower. And and we'll camp out there for a little bit longer. But I'm going to run through some of these scriptures fairly quick. Um, and the reason for that, you'll see that. Hopefully, the Lord will um, open your eyes to that here a little bit later uh, in the parable of the sower. But uh, you know, again, I just w- I just want us to to have a position of humility this morning, myself included. I I, I just want you to hear that from me. That is just incredibly humble. I I've had the privilege of of walking with leaders in this church uh, through discipleship, and I'm so grateful for that. And and this message also is just a, a, a gosh, an invitation, a, a commending to this church of, of the incredible um, discipleship that takes place. But also just an invitation to who, whoever's not in discipleship to say, look, there's incredible growth from discipleship. You'll see that in the word. And there's incredible growth in our faith. And, and it's something that as a perseverance of the saints is something that's required, something that God has called us to be, something that he's He's warned us about, um, and it's all through the scriptures, and it's amazing once you start to look and op- unpack the scriptures and look at it and dive deeper into this, you see it more and more. I mean, even, you know, I, I, I've been, you know, I read through scriptures all the time that I've read a hundred times, and I said, wow, how did I not see that before? And it's amazing God's faithfulness, how he he, he shows us things. He, he never gives up on showing us things, and he he uses others to to do that as well, and, and, and it's imperative that we have others in our life that that will do that for us, right, that we are walking alongside someone. It's not, we're not meant to be alone in the Scriptures. We're not meant to be just read the Bible from from front to back and, and just think that's good. I don't know if I, I told you this. I think I've shared this testimony before, but that's the household I grew up in is that my parents would, and I'm not knocking my parents. I mean, honestly, I think they were um, – well-meaning, uh, loving, they loved me dearly, and they really, really um, desired me to have a relationship with the Lord. They just didn't know how to handle me, and they didn't know how they didn't know how to disciple me or lead me into that. Um, I, I was raised up in the Catholic Church with my, mainly my mom. It's kind of a weird dynamic in my household. My my dad was Southern Baptist, and my mom was Catholic from Canada, and um, we were. I was raised in North Carolina, and. You know, my dad never went to church with us because he had a falling out with the Baptist church somehow. You know, he had a clashing of theology, okay, a clashing of theology. And that's, that's part of what I wanted to share. You know, while well, I shared what I did earlier about this is not a taking a, a hardcore theological stance because, you know, what happens sometimes is a falling out. You know, a, 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 this clashing that goes on and an unwillingness to, to dialogue and un, unwillingness to discuss the deeper things of, of Scripture and what God is calling us to and fellowship. And so my parents would, you know, when I would get in trouble or something, I'd come home and the Bible would just be opened up and set on the bed. And it was very clear I was supposed to pick that up and read it, you know, um, because it, it's not something that was there all the time. And so I would pick it up and look at it and read it, you know, doing the thing that I probably should do and, and read it. But I just didn't, it, it didn't make sense. It, you know, nobody was there to to unpack it for me. No one's there to teach me. And um, I love the, the story of the, the Ethiopian eunuch who's riding along, and he's reading out of the book of Isaiah. And, and Philip, the evangelist, just happens to be there, right? No, it wasn't coincidence. God led him there. The Holy Spirit led him there. And he, and, and Philip just says, hey, uh, what are you reading? And he goes, do you understand what you're reading? He goes, well, how would I unless somebody teaches me? And so that is such a profound Short little story. Um, and, and, you know, obviously, um, I know Mady mentioned baptisms on the 17th. The, the, the Ethiopian jumped out after after Philip unpacked the, the scriptures to him that he was reading in Isaiah. He jumped down and said, I want to be baptized. Show me the pool. I want to go back be baptized right now. Well, clearly, um, Philip, in the message of Christ that he, he unpacked for him, he told him about baptism. Even though it doesn't say that, but he must have said something about baptism because he jumped down and said, I want to be baptized. So it's just, you know, baptism is this amazing response in faith that says, hey, I want to share my faith. I want to proclaim my faith to the world. I want to, I want to go. It's symbolic of of dying to Christ, being laid down in the water, being cleansed, and raised up to new life in Christ. Amen? And so who wouldn't want to be baptized, like if you've been saved? Amen. Um, So the perseverance of the saints, again, I feel like, um, and I'm going to share some opinions uh, that that I'm I'm sensing and seeing in the world and and in the church. Um, I feel like we're we're in an age of of great deception. Um, There's there's a lot of deception going on. I mean, I I shouldn't need to tell anybody or, or reinforce that statement. You should be able to look all around in the world today to see what's going on. There's deception everywhere, in the media, in governments, in world, in di- different nations, and even in the church, there's a lot of deception going on. There's, there's pastors falling left and right. There's, there's people falling all over the place. Um, one of the things I'm going to challenge this morning, and this is something that the Scriptures t- talk, talk to us about at length, in depth, about falling away. And, and, and something that the enemy does, and he's done this, there's nothing new under the sun, as the scripture says, that the enemy's done this since the garden. He came, he comes in to steal, kill, and destroy. And his mission is to deceive. His mission is to deceive us as saints. His mission is to deceive us in the world. His mission is to take the word of God and try to deceive us. Um, he did this with Jesus. He'll do it with us, okay? And so there's there's all kinds of... Um, passages in the, in, in the scriptures and I'm not going to be able to unpack all of them this morning obviously um, but warn us about this they warn, there's a warning after warning after warning about falling away there's mention after mention about persevering, about enduring about remaining strong, about guarding your faith about guarding your heart now why would those things be there if there wasn't a possibility of falling away right, I mean it's pretty logical right that there's got to be a, a possibility that we could fall away, that, that we could be deceived and, and walk away and turn from God. Now, I don't know what theology you've you've grown up in, but but there's this, I, I call it cheap grace. It's probably a term that's used a lot, but what that means basically, and to sum it up for me, is, is that there's this grace preached that, hey, once you've professed with your mouth and believe in your heart that you're saved and you're once saved, always saved, that there's no... Nothing can nothing can snatch you out of the hand of God, and that's true. That's God's word. But there's a big but there. There's a reason why the scriptures say you can fall away, because you can be deceived after after coming to Christ. You can fall away. You can turn away from God. Hebrews six is very clear, very clear. You can taste the goodness of God. You can be enlightened. You can have you can have experience the Holy Spirit. It lists out five to seven things in, in Hebrews 6 of, of, of a process that you could go through as a believer and, 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 and walk away from that. And that, to me, is tragic. Now, again, I said I'm not here to win an argument. Um, but I will say on the right and wrong side, if, I, if I'm wrong, then good for you because you're going to be saved anyway. Right? If I'm wrong. Um, and if I'm right, you're going to be saved too. So there's no loss. Okay. But if we're wrong about, hey, nothing's gonna harm me, nothing's gonna nothing's gonna deceive me. If I think that, hey, I I I walked the aisle, I said this and I believed in my heart twenty years ago, and I'm not doing anything else. I mean there's a theology out there right now that says you can you can do that and then not do anything the rest of your life to show that you have faith and that you'll still be saved. Now that's dangerous, okay, because There's so many things in that that would would just say, hey, that's going to breed complacency, apostasy, um, a lack of faith. And what happens when your faith is down? Then then you're more susceptible to the attacks. You're more susceptible to deception. You're more susceptible to the lies of the enemy. And so everything in the scripture says, look, guard your faith, persevere. How do you persevere? And so we're going to dive into some of that here this morning. In, in understanding the secrets of the kingdom of God and clinging to it. I love this word, cling to it, because it's something, you know, our salvation, the, the the beautiful privilege that we've been given to be able to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God that God has given us by grace. We've been saved by grace through faith. And he's given us this ability to understand what he tells us in his word. I um, just want to start off with this one scripture, if I can. Clicker's not work. There we go. John 1. I love this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. All right? Hebrews 4.12 says that the, the, the Word of God is alive and active, a sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts between soul and spirit, between bone and marrow. It reveals the innermost thoughts of our heart. The Word of God is alive and active. You may say to the Word of God, I'll just this for maybe the youngsters in the room, is that, oh, that's old-fashioned. Well, it is old. It's the oldest thing out there. The Word, Word of God is the oldest thing. It was here in the beginning, right, before anything existed. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word is God. This is not some external um, historical book. It's the living and active Word of God that Jesus came and manifested the, as, the, as, as the Word. Jesus in the flesh was the Word living among us. And he's, he's exemplified everything that He's telling us in His Word here to live by. Amen? He said, He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. If we let go of that promise, if we let go of the word of God and we just have a complacency in our life and we're not pursuing the word of God, right, and we're not pursuing fellowship, we're not pursuing the things that the word command us to do, then we leave ourselves susceptible to to all kinds of things, lies, right, Um, sin, temptation, you name it. And these things, the enemy loves to just get a door. He's a little crack in the door and just get his foot in there, right? And then he just starts to to weave into your life and my life, and and he starts to deceive us. And, And next thing you know, he's subtle, right? He's subtle about his tactics and schemes. The next thing you know, you find yourself, wow, I've gone down this road pretty far. I don't understand how I got here. The beauty is in all this in the gospel is that there's redemption Available to all of us at any moment, no matter how far the enemy's got a foothold or stronghold, he can deliver us. Amen. Um, clicker. Oh, hopefully I didn't go too far. Amos three seven. For the the Lord God does nothing without revealing his secret to his servants, the prophets. The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? Now, three profound things there. Number one, the Lord does nothing without revealing his secret. He we just read a minute ago that he's revealing his secrets to us, the secrets to the kingdom. And we'll see this in Luke 8, 8 in a minute. But he's revealing his secrets to us that, that that we may know the secrets of the kingdom of God. And he's revealing these things. And he's called Steve has preached on this. He says all of us should be prophets, right? There's not this. There's not Old Testament prophets. We're New Testament living right now. It means we're all to be prophesying. We're all to pursue the gift of prophecy. We're all to prophesy. It says, the lying has roared. Who will not fear? This is something that's been eroded in the church is the fear of God. It's, it's like the word says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So if you don't have a fear of God, you have zero wisdom zero. So the fear of God, I mean, who shies, why would we shy away from that? We see all throughout the scriptures, even when angels uh, uh, present themselves to to different people, they would fall down in fear and trembling, right? And and God said he's an all-consuming fire. This is New Testament, okay? All-consuming fire. Yes, it's not a a fear that we're scared of him, but it's an awe and so I just want that to permeate our hearts this morning. as they look? This I want to. We want to. We want to have an awe of God, not this rote, this um, casual approach to God, right? But one that's awe-inspiring, one that is is full of of man a deeper sense of wanting to know Him, a deeper sense of of, of wanting to pursue Him, His Word, His truths. And I, and I love this that we'll see as well in Luke Luke eight is that the the disciples they they desired to know these things they called they 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 came to Jesus and they said teacher tell us what this means this is all throughout the scriptures is that, teacher tell us what this means and I'm just again just to plug I want to call out somebody in particular Steve he's not here is I, I'm so grateful for that man and and the godliness that he le- leads in his life and how many people he's poured into in this church that I know of. And I know there's many outside of this church and in other spheres and other um, areas of the world. And man, what a blessing um, to have someone teach us. What a blessing to have someone that is willing for us to come to. And I'm not saying everybody rush to Steve, okay? <laughs> he doesn't have time for all of us. There's other leaders here in this church that that are mature and walking with the lord and I just want to tell you you know if it, it, just just think of this this analogy for a second is that and this is not a knock on interns, okay, because there might be some interns in the room, but you wouldn't you wouldn't go to an intern to get expert advice you wouldn't go to someone who hasn't been walking with the Lord a very long time, or you wouldn't be, go to someone who isn't showing an example a lifestyle of what we see in the scriptures um, to, to ask them for, for advice, right? And that, that should be the same in the church. Yeah, we can all equi- you know, <laughs> encourage one another and equip one another. But when it comes to discipleship, I just, I just, maybe it's because I've been able to do that with Steve and I'm just so blessed and, and so grateful that, that, that happened and that my wife prayed that the Lord would put someone in my life to for that because I was so immature. And, and, uh, and, and next thing you know, God answered that prayer almost immediately, you know. And, and this has been an incredible journey of discipleship. All, and not just Steve, but others in this church that have poured into me. And, man, I just want that for everybody, you know. I mean, you experience that and you say, man, there's nothing. Why would I want anything less? Why would I want anything less? And, and so the lion has roared, who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken, who can but prophesy? You know, we should not have a um attitude of anti prophecy. Or I man, this God's saying, Hey, I have spoken. I want you to go speak now. I want you to go speak about me. I want you to go to tell others about me. And we'll see that here in a sec in uh Luke eight. I keep mentioning that. Maybe I should just go to Luke eight. Come on. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Isaiah 40, verse 8. Nothing, the the Lord of our God will stand forever. It was here in the beginning, it will be here in the end. And you cannot change his word, I cannot change his word. It is infallible, it is there for the ages, it's here for us, and it's available to us. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Job 38, 2. I want you to, you know, I'm not going to read Job this morning, but if you haven't read Job, go read Job. Amazing story. I mean, here's a man who, who who lost everything. He was, he, all of his friends and buddies came around him and said, you must have done this. You did this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. And and, and the Lord, and even Job starts to question God. And Job said, who is this that darkens counsel by word without knowledge? Putting him right into his place of humility. Remember I said earlier. We should all have this this position of humility with what we think we know, right? I'm not. We, we shouldn't have this idea of man. I don't know anything, but we should have this idea of humility of always being being open to correction, always being open to uh, being taught, right? Um, and this this is God. He, I mean, he <laughs> he talking about a roaring lion. He he stood up and said, "Now I've got some questions for you, Job. I want you to answer. You know, where were you when I created the heavens?" where were you when I created all these things? He goes through a whole list of things. Where were you? I mean, you must see Job shrinking back um, with what God was asking him, and he had no answer. Okay. Um, As he sat on the Mount of Olives, his disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, again, like I said earlier, the, the disciples came to him, said, tell us, when will these things be? All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you will, be, you will all be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold but the one who endures to the end will be saved. The one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, do you see any warnings in that passage? I mean, I see a lot, right? There's a lot of warnings in there. And there's a lot of things in there that God says is going to happen. This is not something that's hyperbole. This is something that is going to happen. They will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. You will be hated. Jesus said, hey, look, they hated me. They're going to hate you too. But take heart because I have overcome the world, right? So our faith is in him. and We don't, we don't, we don't look for the, the – if the world doesn't love us, then we should rejoice, okay? That means we're in the right place. Okay, but if if the if the world does love us, then we might want to examine ourselves to see how how we're living our lives and what we're pursuing and what we're allowing to 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 crowd us and and to um, influence us. Okay, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now. So that you will continue to do God's will, then you will receive all that He has promised. I want to just pause here for a second and just talk about the cross. And I, I, I think this is somewhere in, in the scriptures that people have um, misunderstood the cross that that we've been called to bear. Um, when he said, when Jesus said, "Pick up your cross and follow me," he he didn't say pick up my cross. He he didn't ask you to go and pick up the same cross that he endured. He he did that. Jesus did that. That's not something we could even do, right? I mean, we should all know that. And so I think so often in the church, we say, well, you need to go and suffer. You need to go and and embrace your suffering. You need to embrace this stuff. But that's not what Jesus is saying. Well, pick up your cross. The cross, the, the aspect of the cross he's calling us to is doing the will of God, doing the will of the Father. When Jesus, you might remember this, if you don't, he said, when Jesus was called to do this, he cried out to his Father. He said, Lord, he said, Father, Take this cup from me. But then he said, but if it is your will, let it be done. And he did it. He did the Father's, it was the Father's will that he came, he picked up that cross, he died on it, he bled on it, he took all sin upon himself, he was alienated from the Father for our sake. Now, nothing in our right minds would tell us that we need to go and do the same thing, right? That would be like trampling on the foot, the the feet of Jesus. It would be like trampling on, on Jesus all over again. Right, and that's not that's not at all what he's called us to. Is that look on a daily basis, daily pick up your cross. Is that what's the will of God? Now, the will of God is given to us right here in this book, in the scriptures, and, and, and the Lord and the Holy the Word and the Holy Spirit reveal these things to us, empower us, and, and enlighten us with the Word of God and the meaning of it. Amen. For in just a little while, the coming one will come and not delay, and my righteous ones will live by faith. But I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. No pleasure. Man, that's pretty, that's pretty harsh. I'll take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. Amen? Amen? So God is calling us to, to a, a life of perseverance. He's called us to a life of, you know. I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't I can't go one day without feeling like I'm slipping backwards, you know, if I'm not in the Word or if I'm not in prayer. And maybe that's just me. Maybe you're just fine cruising through from Sunday to Sunday without without that. Um, or maybe you know you can go from Sunday and you come and hear a message and then pop in to a Bible study and be okay with that. But but your life, you know, maybe maybe you don't have to. I, to, to be in the Word daily in prayer. I, I, I don't think that's true. I think we all need that. Um, and I think, I don't know, this is just my personal experience, is that w- when I find myself falling falling away, I go, immediately go to the Word, and it just lifts me up. It lifts me up. It's amazing. Um, we, my wife and I, when we first got married and had our first child, um, we went through a period in our, in our life where this was after the 2008 crash, that we, we lost everything. We, we were wiped out. And um, I remember I was fasting. Um, the first time I'd ever fasted, uh, I was in a, a guys invited me into this group. Um, and the first time we met, he goes, hey, we're going to do a seven-day fast. And I'm like, what? I've never even, I've never even skipped a meal. In fact, I, I, eat, I, eat, I eat two breakfasts a day and two lunches and two dinners. You know, I'm, I'm hungry every two hours. I can't skip seven days. And um and but but I was hungry, you know. I was in a place that I was hungry for God and I was going through we were going through a tough time and, and we lost everything and and we were just getting ready to lose our business I had a business here in Aspen and we we're getting we had about thirty days worth of cash flow left before our business was gonna run out. And and I was fasting and, and pressing in for God and I remember I read this word in Hebrews thirty six. And it, and it said, "Said who? Who can harm you? What can man do to you? You know." And, and it was just this light bulb went off. It was like this ton of bricks were lifted off my back because I was sitting here striving. I had to do this. I had to do that to 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 go get this next job. I had to do this all in my flesh and and, and all these things. And, and God said, "Look, through His Word, He revealed to me His presence. He revealed to me His love. He revealed to me His." Faithfulness he revealed to me that he was with me, he revealed to me that he was going to provide for me and my family and we just had i mean Brooks was six months old and and I'm sitting here going, man i just, I just have a new family, I have a new kid, and what are we going to do and the the cares of the world started choking choking me and but the word and God lifted me up through his word and in his spirit, and it was this amazing. Amazing time in my life. And that's still a pillar in my life to go to his word and be lifted up by him. And and, and I still go to that moment. I still, I still remember that moment. It's a, it's a, it's a faith building, life building moment. And, um, it was just total freedom, total freedom, you know, because I was submitted to his word and I was submitted to him and submitted to others that were encouraging me and submitted, submitted to walking in his ways. And I was submitted not only just reading his word, but submitted to what it, what it said, what it meant, right? And that's faith. Like when we read the Word of God, and, and and man, it's just not just an intellectual pursuit, but it's one of Lord. I, I want to believe this. I want to know this. I want to experience this. That that's when our lives come up, come alive, and, and we're just we're we're persevering. You know, it builds a perseverance in us. Remember your leaders who taught you the Word of God. Thank you, Steve. Think of all the good that has come from their lives and follow the example of their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is unwavering. He does not change. He is faithful, even when we're not. So do not be attracted by strange new ideas. Okay? Anybody anybody see any strange new ideas out there today? Right? Anybody say, oh, that, again, I said... Some people say that the word of God is old-fashioned. No, he's the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Unwavering. Your strength comes from God's grace, not from rules about food, which don't help those who follow them. You can replace food with anything, right? Your strength comes from God's grace. Follow the example of their faith. This is part of the cling to it message is that the disciples, they left everything. The twelve, they left everything to go and cling to Jesus. They, they they clung to it. They, they they just wanted to live, eat, and breathe what he was doing, what he was teaching, how he was living. They were they were flabbergasted. What well, what what's he doing talking to that woman at the well? I mean, you know, he's not even supposed to be talking to that woman. Why is he not eating anything? Um. It's just fascinating, right? They're just fascinated by him. They're cl- they clung to him. And because of that, they grew in their faith. And then they went out and they preached the gospel. Amazing that Jesus didn't continue. Why, we all look at it. Why didn't Jesus, he does this better than any of us. Why didn't he just stay into it? He raised up 12, he discipled them, and, they, and then he sent them out. Right? The apostles, the 12 apostles. And then the church, boom, spread from there. And now we find ourselves here today and we find ourselves under the same call that he gave those 12, right? He gave the same call to us. This is the revelation from Jesus Christ, which God gave to him to show his servants the events that must soon take place. He sent an angel to present his revelations to his servant John, who faithfully, faithfully reported everything he saw. This is his report of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's Revelation 1. But Jesus told him, no, this is Jesus speaking, right, to Satan. He said, no, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Every word. We live by every word that comes from the mouth of God. All right. The long-awaited Luke 8. Um, put my specs on. Luke 8, if you want to read along with me, I'm going to, it's not on the screen. I'm going to start in verse 4, and then we'll get to verse 11 here, 11 through 15, just a minute. One day, verse 4, one day, Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed. He scattered it across his field. Some seeds fell on a footpath or it was stepped on, and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. His disciples asked him what this parable meant. Again, they're clinging to him. You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. What a privilege that is. We are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God. But I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they don't really see. They won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. Verse 11, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is God's word. The seeds that fell on the footpath represent those who hear the message only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. The seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away. When they face temptation, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And the seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Amen. So there's four, there's four distinct different experiences there when the word has gone out. He doesn't say he gives the word in different ways each of those times. The word is sown, the word is given, and it's received in four different ways. And I think all of us, any of us, can fall into any one of these four categories at any given moment, right? It doesn't mean that if you fall in category four that you're never going to slip back to category three or two or one, right? All of these can take place. It's, it's God's word, you know, again, this is not me in my opinion of of you know throwing this at you. This is God's word, his seed that is being planted. And he said that these things are these these things are possible. You're susceptible to these things, right? And so what what are some of the dangers? Um the devil the first one is the devil comes and steals it. How does he steal it? Right? How does the devil steal it? He doesn't just come snatch it, okay? He may do that, um, but there's other ways, right? There's deception. Oh, did did God really say that? Does that sound familiar in the garden? Did God really say that was true? Did God really tell you this? Did God's word really say that this is his promise for you? <clears throat> did God really command you to do that, or is that old-fashioned? Um, did God really say that wasn't okay to do this or that? Um, did God really, you know, did he really say those things, right? He can steal. He can come and deceive us by, by, by watering down the word of God, by, by, by telling us that, well, it's not really what that means. And that can come from the, from this is, this is, this is really the biggest warning is that that can come from people that you, that should be the most trusted, that should be very obvious to us today. Just look at there's. I, I don't want to name too many names here, but there's certain pastors in the spotlight today that have just been called out for things of a lifestyle they've lived for the last 30 years. And people are just flabbergasted by this, by, by a man that's been trusted in leading a church for 30 years. Right? And so you've got things that can be spoken to you from anyone, anyone. And you have to guard your heart. You have to guard your mind, right? And you have to, you have to be trust, trusting to those who you can, you have to put your heart and your mind in, in the hands of those you can trust. First and foremost, God, right? I mean, yes, we can go to God directly and speak to him, and he'll speak to us. How beautiful, how amazing is that? He said, I've permitted you to understand these things. I'm permitting you, meaning I'm speaking to you. I want you to hear these things. I want you to understand them. The second one is no deep, no deep roots and, and you fall away, meaning you're not, you, you know, you've heard the word, <clears throat> you, you've received it, you start to, um, you start to, you believe it, you're walking in it maybe a little bit, but you're not really doing anything to, to grow your, your roots down deep. Um, and, then, and then a temptation comes and you, and you fall away, okay? And so th- these things can happen in a blink of an eye, okay? They can happen in a blink of an eye. And so everything in the scriptures tell us that that we should be running. We run a race like a it's like a marathon, is the way it's just described, right? It's not just a sprint because we're going to run out of breath. We're not going to be able to run very long, right? So it's it's a marathon. This this race that we're running, and we're running to win. We're running to win, win this race and to persevere and cross the finish line. And so in order to do that, we have to build our roots. Down deep, and the way they the way roots grow down deep, and I love how he uses a parable here, is that roots grow down deep by water; they have to be watered, right? And So, the watering, the planting of the seed, and the watering of the seed, but God brings the growth. That's His word; He says it. So, so we've got to be we've got to be watering; we've got to be watering that that seed that we receive, and we've got to let those roots grow down deep. And the cares here's another one: the cares and riches and pleasures of life crowded out crowd out the message. Now, we live in a place where that is probably one of the most susceptible things we live on a daily basis is the, the cares and riches and pleasures of life that crowd out the message. I don't know about you guys. I, I know for me that's a, that sometimes is a struggle. Like we, we, we face things that, that can can contradict what the Word of God says by the way we can live our lives by, by being concerned about the cares and riches and pleasures of life. Anybody with me on that? Anybody else have any struggles with that? Right? I mean, there's there's cares, and that's not just possessions. That's not just money. That's not just a meal. But that's worry, anxiety, um, depression, anything. The cares and riches and pleasures of life, the cares, all these things, they can crowd out the message. They can crowd it out. Okay, God says, don't be anxious, be anxious for nothing. But with all prayer and supplication, make your request known to me. Why would he say that? Unless he plans on being there for us, right? Why would he leave? He would not just leave us to these cares and riches and pleasures to just figure it out, right? He says, lay these things down. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Amen? Now, the most profound one is the fourth one to me because this is where I want to be. The seeds that fell on the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, they cling to it, and they patiently produce, to produce a huge harvest. That's God's desire for us is to be in that fourth category, that fourth category. And that fourth category is what builds perseverance. All those other categories will beat us up. They'll they'll beat us down if we don't graduate from them. And so the persevering of the saints is rooted and those who cling to the word and patiently produce a huge harvest. What does that harvest look like? You might say, well, I'm not really... um, qualified to to preach. I'm not really qualified to share the word with anybody, but, but if that word is in you, if Christ is in you, then you are qualified. He says you're qualified to share the beautiful treasure that is within you. In fact, if you look at the disciples and you look at their life in scripture, they were sent out really early. In fact, they came back, they were giddy about all kinds of things. And God said, hey, don't rejoice about that. Uh, don't do this. Don't do that. He rebuked them. He told Peter, Get behind me, Satan. Um, all kinds of things, right? They were open to correction and they needed correction. They weren't just perfect, they weren't just able to run out and do things perfectly. And neither are we, right? Just like I said this earlier, Paul had that mentality look, I, not that I've already reached perfection, but I strive on towards an upward goal, in knowing Christ Jesus. And that same power, resurrection power that raised him from the dead. And so that's that's the desire that God wants for us as well, is to have that same and, and for us to cling to it, unwavering, right? You, you've got every channel under the sun now. Like You've got podcast after podcast after podcast after podcast. Gosh, I don't know about y'all, but can they come up with another name for podcasts? And then maybe they can come up with some new technology, but podcast, podcast. There's so many podcasts now. And there don't get me wrong, there's some great stuff out there. <clears throat> but you've God God set up his church in a way that everything you need, and I'm not saying don't bounce out and get it anywhere else, but and not get it anywhere else. I'm just saying, but everything you need is here. Everything you need is here. He said, I've given these gifts to my church. Right? And these gifts exist in this church for a reason for equipping and building up the saints. Man, our emotions, this is something that is, is really weakening the church, is weakening believers, is that emotions, we allow emotions to, to to lead us in truth. And that will mess you up. Mess you up, big time, right? Emotions, when we... When we I mean, how many of us have, have done something out of emotions and said, man, I wish I wish I could get that time back, you know? It, it's, emotions will mess us up when it comes to understanding God and understanding His truth and walking with Him, right? But emotions are also good. Emotions reveal the things in our heart. They reveal where we're at. They reveal our need. They might reveal... Um, they might show love and compassion, um, so but they can be tainted just like anything else. False teaching. There's so much false teaching. Everybody wants to talk about false prophecy, but false teaching is, is something that that Jesus was very was very harsh on, right? False teaching is a real thing that we have to we have to look out for. We have to guard against. So the the main theme here is that we're not just walking around naive, you know. We're not walking around with this fire insurance that says we, we, um, that, that we're going to be saved no matter what we do, okay? I don't know about you, but that doesn't produce, that doesn't show me that that produces any kind of perseverance. It doesn't show that that produces any kind of strength and building up a faith. It doesn't show me that that produces anyone who's ready to take on, take the mountain like Caleb said, give me the, give me the high country. I want that, you know? That's, 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 what, that's what God's calling us to. Everything else will mislead us. Everything. Your friends will fail you. Your family. Um, your government. Everything will mislead you. There's only one that will not. Right? There's only one that will not. And we have to submit ourselves to him, to his word. We must always believe what the Bible teaches. Again, that can be corrupted, but we've got we've to not give up on that. If you're wrong, it could mean the, the difference between life and death. Okay? Paul said our life is but a vapor. Our life is but a vapor. It could happen today. It could happen tomorrow. Right? We we are not to live a, a life of passivity. We're not to li- live a life of, of complacency, of just saying, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll just I'll just plug into this group and that group. There there's there's a hunger and there's a, a call for us to to pursue God and pursue the things of God, His will. We need to be in fellowship with others that will teach us. Luke twenty four is the road to Emmaus, and one of my favorites. You've got these two disciples walking back after Jesus was just was just crucified. And they're walking back and they're downcast. Their heads are down, they're grumbling, they're complaining, what just happened? How could this have happened? How could how could they have killed the king that came to rescue us? And Jesus just appears next to them and he starts to say, what's wrong with you guys? You know, why, why are you so downcast? What, what, why are you worried about the cares and, and things, you know, in, in his loving, compassionate way? Why are you concerned about these, these things in the world? And then he starts to unpack the scriptures to them. And then they get to their house And he's with them, and he he invites them. They they invite him into the table to dine with them, and he breaks bread with them. And upon breaking bread, he opens their eyes, and then he disappears. And they they said, "Oh my gosh!" Didn't our hearts burn within us as he unpacked the scriptures to us? And then they ran back seven miles to Jerusalem to tell all the others what had just happened. And so their 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 hearts were lifted up, right? They have faith. They were rejoicing in the Lord. Um. They they'd clung to his teaching. They came to him for understanding over and over and over again. Do we love him enough to cling to him and then fulfill the task he has given us? Yeah, that's, that's a question that I'll leave you with today. And, and um, Dan, you guys can work your way up here if you would close us out. We're going we're gonna to have an extended time of worship here at the end. Um, and we just want to invite you to to ministry as well at the end. Dan's going to lead us. Dan's going to lead us um, to communion. Um, because I think, you know, the main theme here is not treating what we've been given with with a subtle value, treating it as if it's not priceless because it is priceless, right? It's, it's something that that nobody else could have given us his word his word precedes everything we we read that in the beginning in the beginning was the word his word precedes everything. he does nothing without revealing it to his prophets. His word has already been given his word is he, he's showing us what is what has got to take place not just not just a um a futuristic thing but today, yesterday, today, and forever and he he's he's guiding us daily he's, he wants to guide us daily. And that's something that we have to guard our our faith. We have to guard our faith with is that it's just not just this subtle thing that that can't be destroyed, right? Maybe maybe you've maybe you wrestle with that. I would love to, to have the conversation with you. This is something that I've had conversations with Steve about, and rest of leadership, and other people, and in and, in and, and God, and and the scriptures, and. I would love to unpack that. I didn't even do it justice this morning of unpacking the scriptures in some of these areas. But but the more you start to look at it, the more you the more you read this, you see this this amazing warning to us, this amazing call to us to persevere, this amazing um, promise that we will, that we can, and and this amazing amazing truth that we don't waver from these things. That there's great, problem, there's great um, profit, there's great reward. Amen? His word will not disappoint. Okay? His word will not disappoint. So, Lord, um, I just, I thank you, God, for your word. I thank you for how you've given us such a privilege to to receive from you. Lord, I, I thank you for how you, you encourage us. I thank you for how you build us up. I thank you, Lord, for how you protect us. And, and Lord, you've given us everything we need. And, Lord, I, I pray, um, Lord, for all of us that we would not lay any of that down or take any of it for granted. But, Lord, I pray, God, for, uh, for just a great awakening in your church, for a deep, deep sense of awe of you, Lord God, or for a deep, hunger for your word, for your truth, for a deep sense of fellowship with the body. Lord, for us to love one another, to build one another up, to encourage one another, for you to be proclaimed to all the nations, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would awaken the souls in here this morning that maybe have been complacent. I pray, Lord, for any um, chambers of complacency in our heart, Lord, to just be awakened. Lord, we lay down we lay down everything at your feet. Lord, we trust in you. Lord, we ask you, God, um, to do a great and mighty work in us, to lift us up. Lord, I pray for this church, for this body, for a strengthening, Lord, for a unity. Lord, I pray for those who who maybe here who don't know you, this morning, Lord? I pray for that invitation to to meet you. I pray for that invitation to to know you, to walk with you, to receive your incredible grace that is priceless. To receive mercy from you this morning, to know that that is possible, to know that there's a life of abundance and walking with you, Lord. And and Lord, I just I thank you, God, for healing the wounded, I thank you for healing the brokenhearted. Lord, you're faithful to do that, Lord. As your word, you said you came to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. I pray that this morning, Lord, that you would do that work in our hearts, in our midst, that you would be glorified here today. Lord, as we worship you now, Lord, as we come to your table, Lord, let our hearts dine with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. lift all this up in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To hear other messages or learn more about Crossroads Church, visit our website at ccaspen.com.